Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to episode number seven of our series all about routines for you to make sure that you are getting all of the important things done in your job. Today, we're going to talk about routines involving writing IEPs. I always wonder when I talk about writing IEPs, are you on like team I love it or team I hate it? I dread it. I don't want to do it. It really varies. There are some people who absolutely love writing IEPs and there are some who absolutely dread it. So hopefully some routines could make it either quicker, easier, or a little less dreadful for you. Um, And as always, these are mine. Adapt for your district. Adapt for your learning style, your personality style, how you're organized. Adapt for that. As you already know, I'm only working on writing IEPs on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and sometimes those tasks vary. So I could be doing anything from scheduling conferences to writing the IEP itself to writing a report from an observation. Lots of different things come into writing an IEP. For me, what I like to do is kind of create weeks or blocks of time where I am only doing one thing. Again, that works for my brain. Just like I told you, I literally recorded that last episode just before this one. Two minutes ago, I finished that and I started this one. So that's the way my brain works. Maybe you need to go from start, step one, to finish, step 10, for one student before you can start step one for the next. That's okay. Just make sure you have a plan for it. So what I like to do is even like at the beginning of the year, I can do this in advance. It's not something that I have to do last minute. But for me, I like to plan blocks of weeks where I am going to do certain things. So you know at the beginning of the year the due dates for all of your students. You can go through your calendar and start saying, okay, during this week, I'm going to need to schedule conferences for all of these students. During this week, I'm going to need to assess students for all these conferences. For this week, I'm going to need to write present levels. And for the next week, it's going to be time to actually hold those conferences. So I like to have like a conference week. Lately, just because of IEP due dates, and I'm in a different district than I was when I originally started doing this, but I used to have a week of IEP conferences. In one district, it was a day, only one day that we held IEP conferences. But basically, you can look ahead and see those due dates, see those conferences that are coming up and work backwards. So if you know, I'm gonna use myself as an example. If you know that my IEP is due on October 27th of 2023, that happens to be on a Friday. I do not like to hold conferences on Fridays. So I might, when I'm scheduling that conference with a parent, ask them if they would be available on the 24th, 25th, 
or 26th. That way I know it's going to be before the due date and I know it's not going to be on a Friday because you know how my Fridays are. Even if I have not scheduled this conference with a parent, I can still work backwards. Maybe it's August and we don't care so much about scheduling the conference, but we can still plan backwards. So I know the week of the 16th, I need to be writing a present level for Amanda, for that student that's due on the 27th. Sometime the week of the 16th, I need to be writing the present level. However, I can't write the present level until I've assessed the student. So sometime the week of the 9th, October 9th through October 13th, I need to be doing some kind of assessment for that student. That will give me so much time to get all of my decks in a row. I've assessed them. I have plenty of time to write that present level, get a good IEP draft going, send the draft home, all of those things I have time for because I started that assessment early on. This took me many years to learn, by the way. I always wondered why I was so scrambled or, you know, like, why is this so stressful at the last minute? Well, because you're waiting until the last minute. You don't whip this stuff out in no time. Or if you do, it's not a good IEP. It's not as good as it could be if you had plenty of time to assess that student. I also like to schedule those conferences then the week of the 2nd through the 6th. Before I ever even start assessing that student, I'm scheduling that conference. I like doing this because then it doesn't sneak up on you or the parent. If it takes a few points of contact to actually nail down a date and time, fine. If it takes a little bit for them to get their work schedule, fine. It gives them time to think about, you know, what concerns, what things. I have a little um, checklist that I send home or a rating scale asking for some parent concerns and thoughts, that kind of thing. I have time to send that home because I made contact early enough. This year, I did something a little bit different. At open house night, I had all of the students who came to our open house, I had them schedule their annual case conference right then. I loved that because then nothing snuck up on any of us because it's literally been on the calendar since August. I have really liked it and I've had some great feedback from some of my parents. I don't know about you and maybe this is just me being really weird, I don't know. For some reason, that week when I have to schedule all those conferences, I just dread it. I dread calling people. I am either a texter or a face-to-facer. I either want to like see you in real life or I want to text you. I don't want to call you on the phone. I don't know. I don't know why, but that's just how it is. So the more conferences that I can schedule in person, face-to-face, it I just enjoy it better. I just like it. I don't know why. I can't explain that. Other people might be the opposite where they would rather never see another soul and only talk to them on the phone. Either way, do what works for you. Overall, though, I have not really had any major kinks or problems, and I've only had to reschedule one conference. And the only reason for that was because when we scheduled that originally in August, the parent was working first shift. But by February, when it was actually time to hold the conference, she was working second. So that four o'clock time was not going to work for her anymore, and she needed a morning time. 
overall, it really saves me a lot of time during that week where I'm scheduling because I still have to block off that time. We still have students who move in, students who are being evaluated or maybe have had to have a reevaluation for one reason or another. So there will still be conferences to schedule. It's just less less phone calls, it's already on the calendar. And now then for a lot of my parents, I just ask them at open house, is it okay if I give you a reminder text, you know, the day or the week or whatever before, so that they know and they remember, we have a little card, almost like you would get at the doctor's office for them to put on the refrigerator, or in their wallet, whatever, so that that date was there. I know that maybe this isn't a routine, but I do feel like I need to share it just to help speed some things up. If you have certain things that you are writing over and over and over again, because it's a routine, it's something that you're doing often, I encourage you to start a copy and paste document. In my copy and paste document, I never put students' names. I usually put in bold font, in all capital letters, students, so I know to change out that name. And same with pronouns, so if it's a he or a she, I'm gonna to have to pick one. And so again, I put that in bold and usually put those things in like brackets because I know I'm going to have to change that. So I like to create those copy and paste documents so that I can save myself a little bit of time. I used to just say copy and paste, but now I like copy, paste, and customize because you can copy and paste a skeleton of something and then tailor it to fit the needs or the present level of that student. For example, for me, I give the same assessment to nearly all of my students. I can't even say nearly all. I give it to all of them. It's just how much or how little of that assessment do they make it through. So if they're all starting with the same assessment and then I have to describe what they did, I can use a lot of that and then customize or be specific about what were their errors? What words did they get correct or incorrect? Did they utilize decoding strategies? Did they not utilize decoding strategies? Those kinds of things. I have the same kind of template for writing a FBA. We have some assessments that we give to our gen ed teachers, they complete them, and then we have to write up a report after that. That report is copy, paste, and customizable. So I can swap out names, put the targeted behavior, you know, all of those things, enter their scores into that. And then, and I have those just as a Google Doc and they're bookmarked on the top of my computer so that then I can copy and paste from that Google Doc and put it into their IEP. Then I know it's customized for them, but I don't have to describe what the assessment is. I don't have to describe what the teacher did, rated things this way on one test and this way on another form or, or whatever. I don't have to do all that time and time again. I wrote it really, really well once, and now I can just copy, paste, and customize. Part of your routine, usually during that week where I'm doing assessments, is also when I send any rating scales that are going to be needed for that student. So maybe it's just something very, very typical like that you give to all gen ed teachers for them to rate their students before an annual. Something that you send home to all parents to get kind of their concerns, the strengths, the things that they would like to see in the IEP ahead of time. Again, that's something I just started doing this year and I've just incorporated it into that week of assessments because then 
I've already scheduled it with the parent. They already know that this conference is happening. They've agreed to a time. And then usually on the phone, if it is a conference I'm scheduling on the phone, I'll let them know, hey, and I'll send a folder home. For me, it's a purple folder. I'll send a purple folder home with a little survey in there if you could just fill that out. That way I kind of know, you know, can document your concerns and the things that you're loving about your student right now. I'll go ahead and send that home. They know it's coming. I can give it to the gen ed teacher because also they've received a Google Calendar invite so they know the conference is coming up as well. That gives them a week to get those back to me before I'm even ready to sit down and write out that IEP. I encourage you to go from start to finish on a piece of paper, write out what is the first thing all the way to the last thing that you need to do to make an IEP happen. Maybe that's different for an annual versus a move-in versus an initial or a reeval or whatever. Write out a list of steps and start deciding when, where, and how you're going to make sure all of those things happen. Be flexible, be willing to revise. It doesn't have to be perfect initially, but when and where and how and why are you going to do all of those things? That way you know you're not scrambling the night before to get that IEP written. You've had all your ducks in a row, it's on your calendar, whatever works for you to make sure you are ready for that conference. In next week's episode, we're going to talk about little tiny tasks that can become very routine so that it's one less thing that you have to do during your prep time. So I can't wait to talk to you about that next week. See you then. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the Resource Room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.